0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. We're a little shaken here. We just watched a video. Not safe for work video, but Paulie said, no, we got to watch it. We're journalists. And we did. I don't think we're better by watching it. Whew. The dance video is Brian Kelly, the LSU head coach, dancing with a new recruit, Walker Howard, new quarterback and they're they're dancing together, and as I said last hour, cheek-to-cheek, but not with their faces, if you know what I mean. So they're back-to-back, back and uh, they're dancing. I think it's a Garth Brooks song that they're dancing to? Calling Baton Rouge. All right. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. But, uh, hey, if you can land a recruit that way. Now, was Walker Howard
1: already committed to LSU verbally Dan he was still in play for Alabama this or... is
0: how you close a recruit okay all right I got it I don't think Nick Saban is doing this in fact you know Nick Saban can use anything because he can get an advantage here right he wins a title almost immediately he's on the phone in the locker room calling recruits then he shows up at the NFL draft just to remind everybody of how many players go in the first round now Saban has a new recruiting tool, the Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young won the award. Devontae Smith last year. Derrick Henry in 2015. And it's not just the guys who won. You know, Mac Jones, Tua tonga uh Jalen Hurts. Now Saban can say with confidence, hey, if you come play quarterback for me, you got a better chance to win the Heisman. Not to mention, you'll be a favorite to win the national title. With success like that, good luck recruiting against Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide. So you might have to do some dance videos. (laughs) Do you think Saban just goes, uh, book me that same room you always book me for the Heisman Trophy? Same time window. they probably walk in, hey, coach, good to see you again this year. Yeah, I'll be back next year, too. Yes, McLovin? I did read this kid, Walker
2: Howard, his backup was Notre Dame uh, to LSU. So it really worked out well for Brian Kelly. So he likes Brian Kelly. Well, did they turn him? Was no, he? no, LSU was his first okay. commitment. Then his one of his backup plans was Notre Dame, so he clearly had a, a liking
0: for Brian Kelly. By the way, there are so many great movies streaming during Peacock's movie binge Like Christmas, binge You can watch a new one every day, so brighten up your holiday season. Make your pick. Start streaming on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com and sign up. Peacock, our streaming partner. Say good morning to our radio affiliates. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Spent a good portion of the first hour talking about Buffalo as they move forward. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and a big game tonight. The Rams at the Cardinals. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Our poll question. If you are going to start your team with a quarterback, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? McLevin, update the poll
2: results. 62% Herbert. I think that might be influenced by you talking about how impressed you were by Herbert in hour one.
0: Well, that one throw that he had, I mean, he's, he's a, he can be great. And he can make all the throws. And he's only 23 years of age. And plus, he was the guy who was supposed to be the, hey, you got to give him some time. And, and I was told by people, I value their opinions. It's like, you know what? He's not going to start right away, but he might have the most upside of everybody. He's got athleticism. He can run, he can throw, uh, and then all of a sudden, he gets pressed into action, and next thing you know, he's throwing for 30 touchdowns. So that's back-to-back seasons with at least 30 touchdown passes. Yeah, McClellan. To be
2: fair, should we put the other quarterback in the 2020 draft to a tongue of Iloa in that ball? <laughs> no, you
0: shouldn't. Although, signs of improvement? Yes, yeah. I just don't think he... There are certain quarterbacks where you go, he doesn't have a strong arm. Okay, does he throw receivers open. You know, Mac Jones may not have a strong arm, but if you listen to the analysts, they'll say he can throw receivers open. That's what you have to do in the NFL. You know, tight window, throw them open as opposed to Alabama or Ohio state, where you go, just throw it. Nobody's around them. Just throw it. But, you know, if you look at what Tua has done, you know, it might be a little more of a decision. If you say some quarterback is going to be available You know, there was the uh, topic over the weekend, the last, I don't know, three or four days about uh, Russell Wilson, that now there's three teams that he would waive as no trade to. And there were a lot of people who denied this. A lot of people said it's not true, and it turned out to be true. The Giants are on there, and I brought up the Giants a couple of weeks ago, and I said I would not be surprised if the Giants are involved in this. Also the Saints and Denver These are real possibilities here. I don't think Russ is back next year. The Giants have a couple of first-round draft picks. You know, the Saints could certainly use a quarterback. Taysom Hill is a wonderful experiment, but Russell Wilson is a great upgrade for them. And Denver's going to be in the mix. You know, when Denver traded away Von Miller, I was told Denver's gearing up for Aaron Rodgers. Not a quarterback gearing up for Aaron Rodgers. That they want to be in play and have draft picks because the Green Bay Packers value draft picks. They don't want players, they want draft picks. And Aaron Rodgers, if he decides to leave, is going to be in play there. But Russ, you know, played well. What are they, five and eight? Um, you know, are they gonna be dangerous down the stretch? Could they run the table? They go nine and eight? All right, maybe. But I think if you're Russ, you got to look around and go, is anything going to get better here? And do I think that you could see a situation much like you had in Detroit where Matthew Stafford and the Lions said, hey, this isn't going to work out. Let's, let's, move, let's move in different directions. And I could see that in Seattle where Russ says to the Seahawks, look, these are the teams that I want to go to. See if you can get you know, value, what kind of value you can get for me. And let's, you know, kind of move on amicably. That, that's the feeling I get with Russ. And now you have three teams on the I'll waive my no trade clause. So I, I do think it's real. I think it's a real story there. Albert Breer, our good buddy with the Sports Illustrated, will join us coming up. I want to talk to him about Michael Parsons, not rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. I'm going to ask him about the Jags and the Urban Meyer situation. I'm going to ask him about his Ryan Day in play for the Chicago Bears. He'll join us coming up. Phone calls, we'll uh, get to those. 877-3DP-SHOW. Al in Atlanta leads us off this hour. Hi, Al. What's on your mind? Morning, Dan. Morning.
3: Uh, worst of the weekend It's having to watch Rafa Benitez ruin Everton. Whoever <laughs> thought it would be a good idea to get an ex-Liverpool manager as the new Everton manager, it's just mind-blowing to me. I can't understand it. And my best is, it's always a great Sunday when you get to beat that turncoat, Cam Newton. I don't know who told him to go to Florida and Auburn, but that is just some Bible blasphemy, if you ask me.
0: Alright, well, thank you, Al. Al, it's a long time ago. Dude, move <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy in Nevada is back with us. Good morning, Cassidy.
3: Good morning, Dan. Good morning. My... Best of the weekend was my husband is an Army ROTC cadet here at the University of Nevada, Reno, and I hosted the squad for the Army-Navy game, so I got to watch the Army-Navy game with a living room full of Army cadets, which was pretty cool. But the worst, of course, was how tense it got in here on that final drive oh. and uh, hearing, them, hearing them all talk about how their Navy friends are going to make fun of them.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Cassidy. Yeah. You know... I expected Army to win that game, but that's the beauty of that game. that sometimes doesn't matter what your record is. that just a couple of breaks there, and uh, Navy ends up picking up the win. Yeah, Paul?
1: I don't know how they do it every year, but those uniforms and helmets they put together, and they're drastically different than one another? Man, they're awesome.
0: Chris in Sacramento. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind today?
3: Uh, Yes. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning, Dan. Um, uh, My best of the weekend was also the Army-Navy game, and The worst of the weekend was watching the Dallas Cowgirls win another game because I'm an Eagle (laughs) fan and they need to lose.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, Dallas didn't look good offensively, but that's what's impressive. Now, granted, they're going against, you know, Kyle Allen, a backup quarterback, and Washington's been competitive ish, but, you know, Dak had a pick six. Just,
2: yeah, Yeah, McLevin. He has it all wrong. All Eagles fans are rooting for the Cowboys because the Eagles are stuck competing with Washington. Believe it or not, for like I said the NFC seventh playoff spot is not strong. Mm. Uh Mark
0: in Kentucky. Hey Mark. Hey hey Dan.
4: Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first time, long time, six two two forty five. Uh the best of the weekend is uh, watching uh, Tom Brady uh, once again prove he's the goat doing what we all knew he was going to do in overtime.
0: And uh, the worst is uh, what happened to my hometown in Mayfield, Kentucky, with the tornadoes. Was, uh, oh, pretty heart- de- pretty yeah. devastating. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Mark. That was heartbreaking just to see the damage. And having lived through a tornado in my hometown and uh, just to see the devastation in, in, uh, with friends and, and just the stories during a hurricane or a tornado and a, a family that I know, they hid in a closet and they survived. It was the only thing left standing in their house that they, they, they all hid in a closet and you would see that the tornado would just, it, it was almost like playing checkers with houses and you would just see, you know, remnants of a neighborhood and, No one died, which was amazing, but it it just devastated you know my hometown. Um but yeah, I mean there a lot of people lost their lives in Kentucky. That was pretty tough video to see. Darren in Colorado. Hi Darren, what's on your mind?
3: Morning, gentlemen. Got a best and worst for you. Uh, Best has to be the way the Denver Broncos honored Demarius Thomas uh, on the first play of the game. The fact that they lined up with only 10 men on the field, and then the one-win Lions that deserve every opportunity to milk every uh, advantage they have, declining that penalty was was very significant for for a long-time Broncos fan like myself. Um, and then worst of the weekend has got to be how the Formula One season concluded over in Abu Dhabi with uh, uh, your, your sponsor, Mercedes um, driver, Lewis Hamilton, having the world championship robbed from him by the officials on the very final lap.
0: Yeah, there's been controversy this entire year. But, I mean, if you wanted to have a movie-type ending, they got it. You know that's what Hollywood would do. It was an it was crazy. You thought Hamilton was going to win another. I think that would have been his 8th title. And it was just it was chaotic. But there was controversy it felt like all year long uh in Formula 1. Yeah, see. That sport seems to be on the rise.
5: It seems to be getting a lot more attention than I ever remember it in the last I, I don't even know how
0: long, but the last year or so Seems to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, we love dynasties. We love domination. And Lewis Hamilton is, I mean, he dominates. And, uh, you know, he's up there with Schumacher. And uh, who is it? Uh, the uh, winner was uh, Max. Verstappen? yes. Yes. Uh, but there was controversy between those two all year long. Uh, but that one was wild. Yeah, Paul. Uh,
1: about two years ago, new people took over the coverage and they're really trying to make it more popular in America. Behind the scenes coverage, making their athletes talk to the media more. Kind of like what NASCAR did generation ago. They said, you know, your athletes will talk to the media. Your, your drivers will talk to the fans and be more fan friendly. And it's really, it, it's gone crazy in America the past two years.
0: We're going to take a break. We'll talk to Albert Breer. A couple of questions. Is Urban Meyer going to last in Jacksonville? Micah Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year? as a rookie, and is Ryan Day possibly in play to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears? We'll touch on those topics coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Discover, the Discover credit card, matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing. In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States taking credit cards take Discover, That means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations to apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. By the way, if you love nudity... We're rolling out our behind-the-scenes footage from the calendar shoot exclusively on the newsletter. Today's video will be my David Bowie Aladdin Sane shoot. If you're not already signed up, go to danpatrick.com, enter your email in the box that pops out in the bottom right corner, and you will get our newsletter every single day. Uh, in case you're wondering about Aladdin Sane, I think the story goes that David Bowie had a brother who I think was viewed as insane. And I think that the title, a lad, insane. And he was referring to his brother. If if I'm right on that, I'm sure there's some music experts. You guys didn't respond. I sent you a picture yesterday. I saw a billboard. Yes, McLovin. Was that Photoshop or was no, that real? No, it was real. That is unbelievable. Yes, because you know my love for Green Day. And it, you had a picture of a car lane. It, it was a, a
1: billboard. Yes, Paulie. Yeah, it's a billboard by a, like an overpass or an underpass, whatever you call it. Yeah. And it says, Every Day is Green Day, Radio 104.1, <laughs> Connecticut's Alt-Rock.
0: Yeah. And I thought, I got to get a picture and send that out to the Danettes. What lane were you in when you I was in. I was in my lane. Were you, or you were going in someone else's lane, it appeared. I actually stopped. But I was I, I stayed in my lane as I took a picture of the billboard because every day is is Green Day. I don't know what I would have said if a cop came up and said, uh, what are you doing? Uh, just taking a picture of the billboard because every day is Green Day. And I'm just. One time I said this thing about Green Day, and then this guy called in and told me to stay in my lane. It's kind of like a thing. It's... Every day is Green Day. Absolutely. Uh, this program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built equipped engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Before we get to Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, Monday morning quarterback, here's Urban Meyer yesterday talking about the possible leaks inside the organization what's the answer Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense no that's nonsense that's garbage that's uh, you know that's once again I've been very blessed I've not really dealt with that I've I've not dealt with well did you hear what he said what no let's improve on offense and get our quarterback in a position to be successful that's our
1: focus what someone's brother said or someone said someone said that will that will occupy very little of my time and if if there is a source that source is unemployed i mean within seconds if there's some source that's doing it.
0: That. let's bring in albert breer on this topic albert how does this end
4: i don't know i mean you know i i think it's interesting because it like i think the difference between what he had in college and what he has now is he can control the situation in college where if things were uncomfortable for assistant coaches and they were often uncomfortable for assistant coaches under urban at that level, um, he didn't have to worry about things like this, where, you know, I think the, uh, the assistant coaches, people in the building have relationships with the media. And if they feel like things aren't working and it's uncomfortable for them, they're willing to voice their issues. Um, And this is one thing that's pretty common and and guys who coach for him at Florida, guys who coached for him, at Ohio State and tell you he never wants to blame a player he always blames the coaches and Hmm. he will hold meetings where he'll ask coaches to what what have you done for me lately what have you done for our team lately he'll go out to practice and he'll look at your drill and say why are you doing that and your answer can't be, because we've always done it and so you know I can tell you I mean like you know I've got relationships at Ohio State and you know, when he left there and ryan day took over you know a cloud lifted off the building to some degree because it had been such a tense environment and part of the issue dan here is that you know, i think urban urban associates a lot of his success with that being able to create that tension it's the same sort of tension you see nick saban create it's the same sort of tension you see bill belichick create it's just that in 2021 when you're starting a new program and you don't have the trophy case to back it up and like the NFL players don't care about how many national championships you've won. You go to new England, they do care about the Lombardies, right? Like, but they don't care how many national championships you might've won in college. And you know, you're trying to start a program that's unlike what most guys come up playing in or coaching in now. Um, and you ruffle some feathers, you there's no guarantee that staying inside
0: the building. I know that we want to make this comparison with Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys mm-hmm. and you know Jimmy didn't win but you know 2 years later they're in the playoffs 3 years after that then you know they're in the Super Bowl winning a Super Bowl Troy Aikman starting out not you know eight touchdowns and what 18 or 16 interception can you make any comparison between having the patience that the Cowboys had with Jimmy Johnson and Troy and Jacksonville having patience with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer.
4: I think it's a different, it's just a different age, you know, and and, and I think part of the issue that Urban's going to confront now is no matter whether this stuff is downplayed, exaggerated, real, not real, it's, it's going to be real for him now because he's going to have to answer questions about it. People in the building, you know, who have issues with him now essentially have license to go and say something about it because it does feel like, Things have gotten sideways there, and so the question becomes: How do you get out of it? Um, I think one of two things happens: either one, he decides to walk away, or the team decides to to get rid of him after this year, which I, you can't rule it out now based on you know where they are.
0: But how expensive um, would that be?
4: Very expensive, and that's made That that's why you wonder: like, would the would 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 Shad Khan try to get him to quit? So that's one, right? Or I don't see any other way that you would do it um, if you were going to keep him than bring back an overhauled staff. And, you know, I I know that I can just tell you, having talked to people who are close to Urban, I think they're I think they feel like there are some weak links on that staff and that they the way that they build their program is sort of built to weed people out. And I don't know if maybe some of this is coming from the fact that Maybe there were some people who saw the writing on the wall here and that knew that, you know, in five or six weeks they were going to be gone anyway. Um, you know, but you know, the sense that I have gotten is that, you know, with some of the hires that urban made, some of the NFL hires that urban made, you know, not the guys like Charlie strong or Chris Ash that he brought from college, you know, I, I think that he felt like there were some weak links on the staff. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not Shad Khan decides to double down on urban. And say we can fix this amid everything that's going on right now which will require hiring new staff and paying out guys who you're firing you know walking out the door um or do you decide that it's time to hit the reset button because you're at too critical a point of trevor lawrence's development and um yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what happens because i do think trevor lawrence remains sort of the key piece here it's so important that they put him in the right position over the next couple of years.
0: I want to be fair in talking about this next story. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. a report or a rumor, but Ryan Day to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And his agent is Trace Armstrong, who played for the Bears. So is there anything to this, in your opinion?
4: You know, the the rumors about Ryan Day and the Bears have been floating around for a while. I, I don't think Ryan Day goes yet. I think Ryan Day is eventually going to be back in the NFL. I think eventually he's he's because of the the rate at which he's developed quarterbacks, because he runs a pro style system, because he's coached in the NFL. Um, I think eventually Ryan Day winds up back in the NFL. Do I think it's now? No. Do I think the idea that Justin Fields intrigues him as part of this? Yeah, I think that's certainly something that's there for him because he knows you know this isn't him projecting what it'd be like to coach Justin Fields. He knows. I just I just don't know that the time's right for him right now. Um, I would have told you before the year is 0%. I think it's a little more than 0% now. But my guess is he stays in Columbus, and he's there for a few more years, but eventually winds up in the NFL.
0: And what's interesting about Ryan Day is when Urban Meyer decided to go to Jacksonville, I had a source say Ryan Day would be a better hire for Jacksonville <laughs> because he would develop Trevor Lawrence yeah. quicker And he knows the pro game better than Urban Meyer does.
4: Yeah, I I think that's fair. I mean, he well, for one thing, he's not like, like I said that thing about like lifting the cloud off the building in Columbus, right? Like when it went from Urban to Ryan. And again, like Urban had a lot of success doing things that way. So I'm not trying to make it sound like it was the worst thing in the world, but they're very, very tense environment. And it's a different environment there now under Ryan. So I think a lot of people would look at that and say, Ryan the way Ryan days built a program is a lot more compatible to the athlete today to the to to the guys who are coming into professional football. So that's number one. And then number two, like you said, I'm Ryan's a scheme coach. Ryan's a developer of players. That's not really what urban is anymore. Like when urban was at Utah, he was a scheme coach. He was a receivers coach. He developed guys, you know, I think towards the end at Florida and then certainly at Ohio state, he'd sort of gotten away from that and had become more of a culture coach had become more of a CEO. And so, you know, I think if you're hiring Ryan day out of Ohio state, despite the fact that like those two are close and there's great respect between the two of them and everything else, they're vastly different. Like Ryan is going to, I think build more of a 21st century compatible program that players are going to identify with more. And then he's also going to bring the scheme and development part of it, which, I mean, quite honestly, I think over the last few years, Urban had subcontracted a little bit. Now, he's still involved in offense. He leaves defense alone for the most part. He's still involved in offense. He still sort of views himself as as an offensive coach. But I think, you know, like Urban is way more of a kind of walk-around head coach now than he was 20 years ago, whereas Ryan is still going to be the guy that's going to get in the weeds, coach the quarterbacks, and call the offense.
0: He's Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter and lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. More concerned about the Bills or the Ravens moving forward? This year? Like just in the microcosm of the next two months? Yeah.
4: Ravens. And I I have so much respect for what John Harbaugh and that staff have done um, to keep that thing together. But the Ravens, like the Ravens have lost a bunch of guys who aren't coming back. You know, like J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters lj for like those guys are not coming back and so i think they've done a fantastic job of duct taping that thing together and you see the way the team responds to harbaugh and the staff that includes guys like greg roman and Wink martindale down the line i just i mean it just feels like they're sort of going on fumes right now based on what they've lost injury wise i actually think i think the Bills found something in the second half of that game and look there are no moral victories for a team that's been in the playoffs three times in the last four years but i think they were sort of a team without an identity against new england and you still saw fight and i think the first half of that game that really kind of manifested the way that that got away from them they had nothing to really lean back on and then in the second half i just they ran the ball a little bit more i think josh allen played more under control the defense found itself a little bit and so i actually think in the second half of that game and into overtime the bills found something like if they wind up running the table here, which if you look at their schedule outside of the New England game is pretty doable and going into the playoffs is like the two or the three seed. Um, if New England slips up and make a run, I, I think there's a possibility Dan that we look back at that, that game in Tampa yesterday as, as a sort of turning point. I know it sounds crazy because they won 13 games and went to the championship game last year, but I really think that this was a team that had kind of lost itself over the last month. And I really think that they found something in the second half against the bucks.
0: I want to make sure I got this correct in what you wrote, and that is when Mac Jones comes up for his big contract, (laughs) like the rate could be $65 million a year. Is that what you, is that accurate?
4: Dan, you know, I you know as well as anybody. When you go on the radio, you say a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait are you are you backpedaling here on sixty five was a number? Beep, I'll I'll put it this way sixty five. There's stuff I report and stuff I say, and in that case, it was I threw a number out there. But I do think like they I, I do think quarterback salaries are going to continue to accelerate. And look, like you know, we're sort of in this holding pattern, um, you know, from a from a financial standpoint because of COVID. And next year is going to be the last year where the cap, I think, is really going to be affected. Now, that's obviously, you know, projecting that nothing worse happens. But, like, next year is going to be the last year that the cap's really weighed down by COVID. Then in 2023, you've got the TV money coming in. You've got the gambling money coming in. So that cap could jump to 230 or 240 in 2023. And then in 24, when Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones and all these guys are eligible for new contracts, that thing could be up at, like, 270, Right? And just look at the last few years, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo signed his deal what? I think it was four years ago now, right? We thought it was crazy that he was getting twenty-seven and a half million dollars. We still Tapa do. Mahomes is, <laughs> is making forty-five, Dan. Forty-five. That's how far the market's gone. So, like, I know sixty-five sounds crazy. Is it though? because that market's jumped like that way over the last four years. So we look three or four years down the line when guys like Mack and Trevor Lawrence could be doing new contracts. And then you factor in the new television deals into the cap, you factor in the gambling money into the cap. It doesn't, it's not that hard to wrap your head around the idea of, you know, that quarterback number getting up to the 60, $65 million range. And the point I made was that if Jacksonville gets Trevor Lawrence going and then opens the vault and pays him $60, $65 million a year, what do you think Mac Jones is going to be looking at if he continues to win for the Patriots?
0: Micah Parsons, you know, it's one thing to say for rookie of the year, now defensive player of the year, and I'm wondering T.J. Watt being banged up, Miles Garrett playing in meaningless games, and Micah Parsons plays for the Cowboys. The likelihood Micah Parsons is your defensive player of the year
4: he's got real momentum. I mean, and I think if he keeps making these big play, these big splash plays that are turning games, like he owned the first half of that game. And I think, you know, for awards like this, where maybe people's eyeballs aren't on him, every play of every game, like you need moments like that. And I, and I really thought coming out of Sunday, he was one of the stories of week 14 in the NFL as a rookie and, um, you know, it was interesting because I talked mm-hmm. to him and I talked to his defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, um, you know, last night. And, and, and one thing that DQ said to me was like, it's so unique that you have a player at that age who can handle what we're giving him. He's basically playing two different positions. And so they have him in the linebacker room, right, on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, but then he's coming in early on Wednesdays and Thursdays so he can do defensive end work. And so they have packages where he's a defensive end. They have a packages where he's a linebacker. Consider this Dan, he's on pace to blow by Javon Curse's rookie sack record, right? Like he could get, I mean, like if you look at it, he could get to 16, 17, 18 sacks. And he's not even a full-time defensive end. Like he's doing this, despite the fact he's spending half the time dropping in coverage. So he's such a unique player, and you know I think he's grown up a lot over the last couple of years, which has allowed him to maximize his potential. But if Dallas keeps winning like this, I mean, you have that star on your helmet, you know how far that piece of it goes, and you keep making splash plays in important spots the way he is, I don't see why we wouldn't look at him that way. Because honestly, that's why I think we look at T.J. Watt as the defensive player of the year, the leader coming into this week, was because he kept making splash plays in important at important points of key games. That's exactly what you see Micah Parsons doing in Dallas.
0: I'll leave you with this. I brought this up first hour that Aaron Rodgers looked great last night, but I look at the schedule at Baltimore, Cleveland, host Minnesota, at Detroit, and do they rest Aaron Rodgers? Would they jeopardize home field advantage to rest Aaron Rodgers to make sure that he's healthy come postseason time?
4: it's really tricky isn't it like and then like do you pick the opponent i mean they would never admit to that (laughs) you know what i mean like you would never admit to we're picking the opponent for like when we're going to have surgery and you minnesota vikings you're the one we're (laughs) picking you know what i mean like but like i do think that there's a smart way to go about this and if everything's about the championship you know i i think you could tactfully pick an opponent and say All right like we're gonna do this now part of it could be determined the tricky thing is part of like do you let like what happens tonight within the cardinals rams game affect that right like do you let the outside forces affect that i think that's what makes it tricky but he said himself like he could get the surgery on a monday or tuesday and potentially play that week so if you wanted to game it up a certain way you could definitely look at it and say let's do this let's get the surgery let's have a quick hook with him if he struggles on sunday Um, and let's see if we can build a lead in that game and get him out of the game. I could certainly see something like that playing out, or maybe they do look at it and say, it's worth it to have a healthy Aaron Rodgers going into the playoffs, even if it means we might have to play a championship game in Phoenix to have him at 100% go when the playoffs start.
0: Albert, thank you, as always. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. appreciate it. That's Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter and lead content strategist for the Monday morning quarterback. The Danettes will give you their best and worst of the weekend right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
3: or wherever you get your podcast.
0: Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. We'll get to more of your phone calls. But now it's time for the Danettes. Did you guys see where Adele is making $2 million a night for her residency in Las Vegas? I don't know how you make $2 million with tickets. I don't, I don't know how that works that you can make that money back. Yes, yeah, Eden? Well, I think it's more because she's bringing people into the casino.
5: Okay. And so, like, when you look at the bigger picture, that money's probably not through ticket sales. It's probably
0: through a larger pot. And when you think of Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth, you could go see Natch. My, my girlfriend Adele, or, uh, Adele. By the way, I, my wife said, can we go see West Side Story, the remake Steven Spielberg? I said, yeah. So I say to one of my daughters, I said, you want to go see it? And she goes, nah, I don't know. I said, why? And she goes, well, the lead kind of looks like Jack, my son. And so my daughter doesn't want to go see West Side Story because the, the guy who is the lead in there, what's his name, uh, Ansel Elgort, Resemble, my son resembles him, I guess. And so she doesn't want to go see him in a romantic lead for West Side Story. <laughs> Family feuds, good stuff. Best and worst of the weekend, Todd, start with you. Best the way the Broncos honored the best what, what happened there?
4: I did a little breath. Took a little breath, I
0: think. Oh, okay. I, did.
4: <gasps> <laughs> I got a lot of ticks. A little clicking sounds, breathing.
0: Okay, you ready? And now for the content. <laughs> okay, take your breath.
4: The way the Broncos honored the passing of Demaryius Thomas at the start of their game with the Lions Sunday. They took the field on offense with just 10 players, Lions classy and declining the penalty. There was a video tribute and the number 88 all around and on the field, Thought that was very cool the way they planned that. Worst of the weekend, the Army Black Knights. Can't get on the scoreboard Saturday at MetLife for the entire second half versus Navy. Had a 13-7 lead at the break. Ultimately lose 17-13.
0: All right. McLovin, best and worst. Okay, best
2: is going to be Packers quarterback Rasul Douglas gets his second pick six in two games. Apparently he's been on every team in the league in the last couple of years. They picked him <laughs> off the uh, Cardinals practice squad. Yeah. Panthers, Raiders, Texans, Cardinals Eagles. Uh, he's playing really well. My worst, it's going to be controversial. I thought the Bills deserved a defensive P.I. call in the final men in the end zone. They could have given them the win over the Bucks. Then the Bucks got a pass interference in overtime yeah. on Mike Evans. <laughs> Felt like they were helping out Don Brady a little bit.
0: You're right. You're right. That the, Those calls could have gone the other way. Absolutely. Uh, Seton
5: O'Connor, best and worst. My mean-spirited best of the weekend is uh, the Buffalo Bills losing in back-to-back weeks to the Patriots and then Tom Brady. Wow. <laughs> That's you not, know, not nice. It's got to be like, oh, God, what are they multiplying? That's not <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's not nice. Well, at least you got uh, uh, Bills, Patriots, I think the day after Christmas. So that should be a fun one to watch. Uh, my worst of the weekend is a quick movie review. Uh, I saw Many Saints of Newark. Horrible. <laughs> that movie was terrible. That movie was so bad, it actually makes me want to... I think that Hollywood should reconsider making mob movies for a solid five to ten years until they could figure out a new formula. Mm. Be- it, that movie was horrible. Horrible. Horrible.
2: <laughs> terrible. Yes, Mcclean, I was on the fence about whether I liked it. I couldn't figure it out, but now that Seaton says that, I realize he's hundred percent right. That was not good. I have no interest in
5: seeing it. zero you're better off your your life is is better
1: having not watched it mm-hmm. Paulie best and worst of the weekend <laughs> he He's right like it's sometimes a movie is like personal opinion. I think everyone would agree they whiffed uh f c s playoff stands job. Um, James Madison advances, of course. Jimmy, North North Dakota State, yep, the Bison, the Bison. North Dakota State advances as usual to the Final Four. South Dakota State, your Jackrabbits, and uh, my Montana State team all in the Final Four. Uh, There was a fight this weekend, Vasily Lomachenko, he's fantastic, and a guy named uh, Richard Comey, really good fight. He was roughing up this guy Comey. I've never seen this before during a fight. I think he put him on his knee. He wasn't officially down, and there's about 12 seconds left in the round. And Lomachenko turns to Comey's corner and goes, you want me to keep going with this? He's like, you want me to take your boy out? You should throw in the towel. He's saying it, and, and he, he kind of goes, okay, cool. And he goes back in for the kill. Unbelievable fight. Lomachenko's fun. Yeah. I just never seen someone turn to the corner and say, are you going to throw in the towel, or do I have to go take your boy Yeah. In? And the, the corner's just like, we're not throwing in the towel. And he goes, okay. Touched his gloves and went back after him. And then it went to a decision. Yeah, he kind of took his foot off the gas, and this guy Comey's really tough and got back in the game.
0: Jeff in Indiana. Hi, Jeff. Best and worst of the weekend.
3: Hey, look. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Appreciate you. Home of the Ball State Cardinals. Fly the the chirp, chirp to my Ball State Cardinals. I appreciate you guys. Hey, man, best and worst all in one nutshell here. Chicago Bears, they're dangerous. They're young. They just need the right formula and the right coach. The worst. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers still own ya. And one more shout-out to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. This guy still got it. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. (laughs)
0: Appreciate you guys. Love you, man. Thank you, Jeff. A little... Puff and Biggie. There's bad boys. Bad, for life. bad boys. For life. They are bad boys for life. They are. They, those guys are bad boys. He isn't
5: <laughs> going anywhere. He's choosing to stay.
0: <laughs> uh, Joey in Oregon. By the way, Oregon's got a new head coach. He's 35 years of age. Dan Lanning, the defensive line coach at Georgia at... Uh, you know, Wilcox at Cow. I was told, uh, was probably the leading candidate. He turned it down, and then there was Chip Kelly involved in it, but I don't know to what degree. Uh, Joey, best and worst of the weekend.
3: Hey, DP. Uh, first time, long time, six two two fifteen. 215. Yeah, my best of the weekend, I'm going to give it to myself. Uh, I was at MLS Cup over the weekend, and uh, I decided to go to the bathroom around the 70th minute there at Providence Park. Uh, because when Felipe Mora scored that uh, game or that equalizer in like the final seconds, uh, I probably would have peed my pants celebrating because uh, we went from the highest of highs or the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. What a moment. Uh, But then the worst of the weekend, obviously, NYCFC coming in on those hollered grounds and winning in PKs. All right.
5: Yeah, that was dramatic. The final, like, six seconds left or something. like the yep. game, It's just about over. They put one in. It was crazy. Brandon in New York.
0: Hey, Brandon.
3: Hey, DP. Thanks for taking my call. Eight uh, and a frustrating and pesky 170 pounds. <laughs> Best of the weekend. I'm, a, I'm not only a lifelong Dan Patrick listener, uh, but I'm also a lifelong Bills fan. Best of the weekend. Josh Allen proved that he is the only quarterback I want quarterbacking the Buffalo Bills. This is the grittiest and guttiest performance we've seen in a long time. 308 passing yards, three total touchdowns, 109 rushing yards. That's 417 yards of total offense. But the worst of the weekend was definitely taking the ball out of Josh's hands in the fourth quarter. A fake punt on fourth and two. Oh, yeah. Kicking a field goal at fourth and two. My 12-year-old, after the game, he says, Dad, you don't give Tom Brady the ball in <laughs> overtime. Go for the win. Coach McDermott, you are the worst of the weekend. Thank
0: All you, right. Thank you, Brent. Yeah, Josh Allen can be spectacular. I mean, very few quarterbacks who can do what he does. I want him to have the ball. But Tom Brady in overtime? If it gets to that point, then you're in trouble. Final hour coming up. Carson Palmer will be back with us. More of your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Update the poll results. We'll see if we uh, continue that for the final hour. Back after this. One more item. Hour two. It's been almost four years since we announced the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. That's at Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida. We have over 400 active students. We have over 100 graduates. We want students to get hands-on experience in a variety of areas, learning all facets of the industry. You're in the studio, the control room, the press box in front of the camera, behind the camera. We want our students coming out ready for a job, and our grads are already proving that. We have grads who are in the business. Chris Burns, Carly Ford, they're on-air reporters. Tyler Schaub, he's the sports director at a station in California. Sam Guzman's a producer at a station in Texas. So many uh, great stories like this. And if you or anybody you know is looking to get into the field, give our school a look. In about half the time you can earn your bachelor's degree, it will be in sportscasting. You can choose to earn your degree online or Full sales campus in Orlando, Florida. To learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsale.edu slash Patrick trick.